Hi, I'm Sarah Aviva, and you may have seen me on episodes and TV shows such as Lucifer, iZombie, Supernatural, Unreal, Ice, Aftermath, dot, dot, dot. You can see it all on IMDb. And you are listening to Neil Before Pod. Neil Before Blog presents Neil Before Pod. Hello, and welcome to another wicker basket wearing edition of Neil Before Pod, the podcast that's the same in every universe. I'm your host Craig, and it's time to continue our journey through Legion Season 2. And I have a full complement of Legionnaires this time. Aaron, welcome Legionnaires? Back. You open us with a disease, that's not right. Yeah. Or, or people who are in our Legion. Oh, that, that's like Roman soldiers. I'm, no, I'm clearly not kitted out to be a Roman soldier. No, no, no. Can't do that. Um, so you, you're either a disease or a member of a legion, whichever, whichever you want to be. Probably um, disease is more fitting for me the way I'm feeling today, but you know, <laughs> fine. That, that voice you heard was Chris. Hello, Chris. Hello. And Aaron, welcome back after Hi. an absence from the last sleep-deprived legion podcast. Yep, I did not partake in the staying up till infinite hours and then continuously doing lots and lots of podcasts after it. Nope. <laughs> it wasn't lots. It was one of the shortest podcasts we've ever done. So maybe before every podcast we should all just not sleep and then we'll manage to make them short. I stayed up long enough to just not be on a podcast <laughs> and, <laughs> and then got up the next day. <laughs> Indeed. And I stayed up long enough to have lived an entire day without sleep. No. Yeah. Impressive. Okay, so before we begin, we have a real treat for you listeners out there. We have a new feature that we're going to trial on this very podcast. I will explain what this feature is. On the website, if you read that, and you should because it's great, uh, when I recap an episode at the very end of a review, I talk about uh, what's good and bad about it in bullet point form. Uh, or we do. Anybody who writes for the site does this. Uh, and we put it under the heading Neil Before, you know, as in Neil Before Zod. So Neil Before is all the good stuff. Rise Against all the bad stuff, because it's kind of the opposite. It's a very simple thing that gives you a brief summary of everything. So we're going to try this here. And Can I just say it's that simple that you explained it in full. I like that. <laughs> well. I like that you had... You had to explain the fact that Rise Against was the opposite of Neil before. It's like, <laughs> I like the accuracy that we go into here, and it's good. Well, I just don't want there to be any doubt. There is definitely no ambiguity here. No. That's good. That's good. That was my intention. Yeah. And when we expand, it'll be mild distaste of, uh, <laughs> slight well, discontent towards. Uh, leaning over, yeah, not bent. Neil before Rise Against. Leaning over. Sitting Parsh- on fence. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Sitting on fence next to. <laughs> okay, so what we're going to do, uh, since we very rarely talk about things that are happening outside of the topic that we're discussing, uh, this thought, we thought with this would be a good opportunity to bring up different things that are happening that we, we have a reaction to. So each of us are going to bring a good thing and a bad thing, and we're going to discuss it briefly. And if it warrants a longer discussion, or if people respond well to it, then we'll maybe try and spin it out into a longer discussion at a later point. Although some of these things that we talk about will probably come up in later podcasts anyway. 
uh, if we happen to talk about that specific thing that we're excited about in the future or that specific thing that we're not excited about in the future. Who knows? So it's all to play for, ready for feedback. So if any listeners want to weigh in with what they think of this feature, please do, because we want to know. Uh, So we will start with Neil Before, and I'll start with one that was just announced today. So I did have something, and then this thing came in front of it. Uh, Basically, they have announced what the next Arrowverse crossover is going to be. And apparently, they're all heading to Gotham City to team up with Batwoman. Nice. That is really exciting to me. Uh, The crossovers, at this point, are the only time that I like the Flash characters. (laughs) So, um, because they seem competent and useful which they don't in their own show, uh, given as an insight into the Batverse is interesting. And the fact that they're specifically picking Batwoman suggests that they might explain what happened to Batman. Although I think it's a possibility that they'll go to Supergirl's Earth to do this, because he's been mentioned as a thing that exists. Do you know, have they mentioned... They haven't mentioned... They haven't mentioned Batman, though, have they? They've, they've mentioned the the brooding friend of or something, isn't it? Yeah. So it doesn't that, doesn't that leave it open to be just a woman straight away right off the bat? Could be. Yeah, uh, I right can't remember the if it's specific. Nice pun. I didn't. I didn't mean it. I hate puns. I can't. I can't remember. You have if to the... cut that out. I can't be. I can't be doing puns. No, you're one of us now. No. One of us. One of us. Uh, <laughs> it could be. I can't remember if they specifically gendered this friend of Clark's or not. It's possible, although. Arrow has mentioned Bruce Wayne in a really hammy reference, but they've mentioned him. So I don't know. Maybe maybe Batman's a retired figure in this universe. Maybe not. I don't know. Um, But I'm excited to find out. So that's my two cents on that. I really liked that Uh, bit of news. It's made me excited about at least one thing that will be happening in the Arrowverse next year. Or this year. It airs in December, I think. Sounds rather cool. It does, it does. And it's a, it seems to be a step down from the stakes of the last crossover, which is a good idea, because you can't have, like, Nazis invade every year. You know, that's it gets a bit tiresome. Only every second year. Every second year, yeah. So they'll be back to, like, apocalyptic stakes, you know, in, in the following crossover. But Woohoo! <laughs> I don't know that they will, but we'll see. Yay. We will see. <laughs> uh, that was it. If they're... I don't know what kind of reaction people might have to that, but um, certainly the internet seems ablaze with, with discussion on it. So cool. I'd probably watch the crossover. I'm, I can't see anything else that's going to bring me back into watching anything in the, the Arrowverse. Except Black Lightning. It's not in the Arrowverse, though. I thought, I thought no. that was the whole point. Well, yeah. And I don't think it's part of the crossover. The marketing specifically mentions the other shows, right. not that one. No, I did notice that in Black Lightning they did mention a couple of the other heroes. Aye, Supergirl. You got a mention of Vixen, you got a mention of, uh, I think it was Black Canary and Supergirl, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. but they could just be fictional characters in that universe. True. Yeah. Cool. So that's me. Um, So Aaron will be a crossover viewer and nothing else. Afraid so. It's like he turns up for the Avengers movies but can't be bothered with the... uh, with so watching shield have. exactly <laughs> exactly my point okay so chris kneel before i am kneeling before westworld season two i am really really enjoying it at the moment um i got in about halfway through season one someone said no 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 you really should be watching it because at that point i'd been sitting going well this is getting hyped a lot 
obviously it's not for me. Turns out it actually was really, really good. Uh, so I watched all the season one. Season two is currently running at the moment um, on, I think, Sky Atlantic over here. And it is uh, cracking. Really enjoying it. It's on my list. I've not had the chance to sit through season one yet. It is very, very good. And, you know, considering that we're on this podcast to sort of uh, pick through bits of Legion, there's tons in Westworld that you can kind of look into the background of once you once you get involved. The deeper you go and everything, it's brilliant. Nice. Yeah, I, I will watch it at some point. I'm interested enough to, to have a look. It's just time is my mortal enemy. Time. So... But about to have a whole mess of free time over the summer, so, you know, watching stuff will be a lot of that. Uh, Aaron, did you watch Westworld? Interested in Westworld? I started Westworld, and it's one of the things where uh, I did mean to go back to it and never did. So mm. I, I do want to, because so many people have recommended it to me. But um, As someone that likes a bit just, of intrigue. There's just so much on, so it's fallen off that list. Yeah. Also, Chris, I couldn't help but notice that uh, you pointed out that you weren't going to watch it because people liked it. I, th- I think that's funny. <laughs> well, a lot of the time people will go, oh, you must watch this. You must, you must, you must. And I go, nah, this isn't obviously isn't going to be for me. <laughs> so a lot of the time people get very, very enthusiastic about shows and I go, nah, it's just not going to work. <laughs> and then sort of a couple of years later, it'll be on a box set or it'll be on a video on demand thing. And I'll suddenly run through about three seasons and go, oh, I really should have watched this when it was on. What happened to it? Oh, it got cancelled. Oh. <laughs> so, <laughs> Sort of, I sort of end up very upset with the cancellation a good couple of years after the event when I go, hang on, it's a cliffhanger. Where's the next season? Yeah, they cancelled that in 2009. Ah, oh, right, okay. Yeah. Probably should have watched it in 2009 and stopped that. Yeah, that's why everyone was upset with it. I forgot. Person of Interest is, is mine on that list. Everybody telling me how great Person of Interest was. And I, I know it's finished now, so I could just go back, go back and watch it all straight through. I have so many on that list, things like uh, Breaking Bad and all that, that I got told, you must watch Breaking Bad. It's that sort of family guy joke where it's uh, the sort of hypnotising screen telling you, uh, you must tell everyone that you enjoy Breaking Bad. Breaking Bad is the best thing you have ever seen. Tell all your friends. The best TV show since The Wire. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Which is the other one that everyone says is good, you know, that I've never seen. I have seen Breaking Bad, though, and I would agree you should watch that. Yeah. Aaron, Neil Before. So this is difficult, actually, because my Neil Before would have been something like Legion, because we're going to talk about that, so it can't be that. But I'm really struggling to find other things that I'm enjoying at the moment. So I've come down a level, and I'm just going to say I'm pleased that Gotham is going to get a chance to do a finale. I think that's as... I think that's as, as... as best as I can say on it, because they're not getting another series. Uh, it's, it's, but the thing is, it's, you know, it's not even necessarily my favourite series, but I'm pleased they're getting another one, though, because the latter half of season four has been really good. Surprisingly good, actually, given how awful the first half of season four was, with the exception of one episode, the one written by, by Ben McKenzie himself. Um, I didn't really do any writing, but he, his episode was really good. Everything else was rubbish. But then I felt like they really earned another season based on what I've seen so far. And the finale of that is is tomorrow for me. I'm actually really looking forward to seeing what they do with that. 
Uh-huh. And there might be a write-up coming to the website based on the second half of the season. Is that right? So, yeah, I, I, did, I did the first <laughs> half of season one. I'll, I'll do the second half as well. Um, and I'll be able to say, not that I know, not that I'm thinking in any way it's me that caused this, but pretty much everything I asked for in, at the end of this first half, the writers have put in the second half. So I'm not I'm not claiming the arrogance that people read my stuff and and they've done it, but I think somebody must have looked at season one and gone, dear God, that was bad. What can we do? And they've done some proper analysis on it and and, and sorted it out. So they deserve they deserve a they deserve another season based on on that. List possibly listening to the audience, creating a much cleverer plot line, and executing it well. Yeah, I'm always glad when. Well, I'm not always glad to see when a show that I like is getting picked up for its final season. But I like when it's, at least they're giving it that final season. They're telling them, this is the end. Wrap everything up. Do it. Get rid of everything. They've done the same with iZombie, which will finish um, next year. Uh, I'll miss the show, but I'm glad that they're giving it a chance to be final. Uh, so that's, you know, I, I do like it when they at least give the show a bit of respect in that in that regard, because... At the end of the day, if something's been on for a few years, people will want closure on it. And I suppose some networks don't care. Uh, which probably which will, brings us naturally on to Rise Against, unless Chris has anything. No, uh, do you know what? Gotham's one of these things I started watching, a bit like uh, Aaron was saying about Westworld, started watching and then I lost track of it because I was watching other things and I've not gone back. Um, but I've heard that there is good stuff in there. So, uh, yeah, that's that's one of my catch-up-later uh, shows, I think. Yeah, and soon you'll have a very definitive endpoint to catch up to, and that'll be it. So, yep. Yeah, relatively soon. It's like a year away or something, but uh, it'll happen. Uh, so that brings us not so naturally onto Rise Against. My Rise Against is the cancellation of Lucifer. I was really annoyed when that happened, because I love the show. Um, I've loved it since... About a third of the way into season one, you know, when it when it started really hitting its stride and it's been great ever since. It ends on a cliffhanger that will now never be resolved unless the fans can have their way and bring everything back. Um, I'm not holding my breath for that, though. It's just Fox have done the opposite of what, funnily enough, Fox have done uh, with, with Gotham and not given them the chance to finish their story off or, or at least come to some sort of conclusion. So that... That really irked me. And I ended up being angry with the finale because it was so good. You know, if it had been, like, even just flawed, you know, immensely flawed in some ways, I would have been like, right, cool, whatever. But the fact that it was so good really annoyed me. Because I'll never see any more. So, Chris, rise against, unless anyone has anything to say about Lucifer, but I think it's just me that watches it. I, yeah, I've, I've got to say, I've never watched it. It'll be another one of those ones where I might get up to the exact same cliffhanger that you're at and go, no, why? And then that'll be it. Um, sorry to jump in on the cancellation buzz, but I am rising against the cancellation of The Expanse, which I you enjoy. Jerk. What am I going to do now? You've got mine. Oh, have I got yours? I'm oh, so sorry. Oh, do you know what? I knew this was right. going to happen. Keep talking. I said, I Keep said talking. I'm Craig. on Google. I'm on Google. Keep talking. <laughs> I said to Craig, Craig not I, I said that because we, because we haven't mentioned to each other what we're rising against and kneeling before, what if they would come up with the same thing? Oh, there's no chance. You, there's so much news. Is that okay? Dude, um, I asked for a plan so- as well. We, we didn't need a plan. I said we're fine without a plan. 
Yeah, we can go out of plan. We can roll with the punches. I'm rising against the cancellation of The Expanse. Uh, season three hasn't even aired on Netflix in the UK yet, and already it's cancelled. I'm a bit like, oh no. Uh, hopefully it will get picked up. I know it's made by an independent production company, but it seems that the way the rights have been sold in the US is causing it an issue, where it's got first airing rights on sci-fi, but then Amazon have got the rights to then put it on demand which means that Netflix don't want to buy it because they would then only have one season available to put on demand and wouldn't have the back catalogue. And Amazon just don't seem to want to pick it up for whatever reason for the rest. So, Mm. yeah, it's involved uh, sky banners and everything uh, going out. You know, aeroplanes with Save the Expanse banners flying (laughs) over the Amazon Amazon offices, which I think is absolutely brilliant. Uh, There's even astronauts, actual astronauts, uh, getting in touch with Amazon to say to save it. So I think, uh, yeah, we might be in with a chance of saving it. I don't know. Hopefully they do. Um, but, you know, you never know. Yeah, I've seen a lot of buzz about kind of where it might end up. And a lot of the part of the Netflix argument is that they seem to like to have similar things to what they've already got kicking about. So the thing is, they've just, I mean, they've got Discovery, of course, Star Trek Discovery, Mm -hmm. and they've just renewed Lost in Space for a second season. So it seems like they're on a bit of a sci-fi space thing at the moment. Well, they've Um, said that they want to produce more uh, sci-fi shows. They've already got the streaming rights in Europe uh, for The Expanse, and I think also in India and a couple of other places. Um, so it would be a natural home for it. I think the problem is the US domestic market, that they don't have it, um, which might be the reason that they're not going for it. But you never yeah. know. They might be able to sign with something. It'd be very petty for Amazon to just keep the rights to a show that's not getting made anymore. You know, it's uh, especially if they could strike up a deal to get up to get it anyway to, to put it on their platform at some point, you know. But I don't know. It's an interesting time because it isn't, it isn't necessarily the cancellation of a show is the end of it at this point. I mean, Timeless proved that last year when it, mm. the fans got it brought back, or so they say. And they say that the uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine was brought back by the fans, although a lot of people, including myself, probably feel that that's a bit of a publicity stunt because surely it takes twenty-four hours to more than 24 hours to sell a TV show to another network. It it did seem a bit um, a bit blown up the way Brooklyn Nine Nine sort of stole a lot of the headlines on its cancellation when all this other stuff was quietly being <laughs> shunted yeah. in the background. Yeah. Um, but the you know the good thing oh, I'm saying the good thing if the expanse get cancelled is that the characters still go on in the books, um, so you still get to find out the end of the story. It's not all over. But readings for nerds. That is tr- <laughs> very true. That is very true. We we will be uh, rising against reading on a <laughs> on a podcast in the near future. Uh, you can read about it. Oh no! Wait a second. Um, yeah. You can get it on Audible. Probably. You can get it on Audible. That is true. You, it is not, you, we are not sponsoring this podcast. Yeah, but then really, I mean, I might be against someone reading on my behalf as well. So That's you know. True. I might, I might be properly against it. That's it. So I, I apologise, Aaron, for nicking your news. Thank God I was second. Uh, that's all I'm saying. <laughs> so, Aaron, have you got an alternative rise against? No, because I got distracted by... When did you start Googling? Did you know Rise Against is an American melodic hardcore band from Chicago, Illinois? Um, I did not, but now that's going in the show notes. And and I, I'd imagine that there'd be a tribute band called Rise Against the Machine, surely, <laughs> somewhere. Uh, I didn't search for that, sorry. I've also then secondarily been distracted again again 
by the Black Lightning Hong Kong Fui comic crossover. <laughs> <laughs> but there's no way you can rise against that. That can only be a good thing. <laughs> I know, sorry, I got distracted. I got distracted by two good things. What are you going to do? That's the way it is. Have you not seen any trailers in the last week? Anything in the last week that you've... Uh, that doesn't have to be the last week. That you took exception to? No. No. What's your, I mean, what's your opinion on Brussels sprouts? Uh, I don't like them. Oh, there you go. Rise against the sprout. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so our first... Um, our first example of this feature had, uh, had a no-show in the, in the final... The final third. So... Fine. Um, you, you, you wanted no plan. <laughs> this is what happens. I was so sure that more that, that people would not like more than one thing. Do you know what I'm going to rise against? A lack of planning. <laughs> uh, well, here's me hoping for an off-the-cuff discussion where we'd heard these things for the first time. Nah. Are we rising against Craig? Is that what's happening now? Is this the revolution? Does it start now? I've been waiting. I wasn't going to take I, it I, that I, thought, far. I thought there was going to be a different kind of signal. I thought we were going for something subtle, like a code word. But is this You're the it? one that okay. tried to kill me and take over the podcast. I did I did try. I did try. <laughs> Tell turned, you turns out it was a body double. <laughs> Damn those body doubles. That's it. Got loads of them. A lot of people trying to kill me. All right, I'll pick sides by the end of this. Okay, right. So the feature was a reasonable success. We we got so far. That's fine. Yeah. yeah. Um, look forward to it continuing. Possibly being piloted across our DC finale roundups that I'll that will be starting soon because the DC finales are like this week. Uh, this week in time in terms of the time of recording. Who knows when you're listening to this? This could be the year twenty forty five, and none of these shows are on anymore, and you're listening to this, but. Yeah, Neil, Neil before Pod's cancellation is uh, way off into the distance, yeah, so you'll be really disappointed season. when you reach that episode and you realise it's all left in a cliffhanger. Yeah, we're not getting another season. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's us. We're go- we'll get to hit 100 episodes, maybe. but <laughs> Or we'll get cancelled at 99 because no one comes up with anything with the 100th, so it just doesn't <laughs> happen. <laughs> uh, yeah, so now on to the thing we're actually supposed to be talking about. Uh, we've done some pop culture mashup news, so that's cool. Uh, Legion, we have got three more episodes to discuss as per our format. Fourteen chapters, fourteen, thirteen, sorry, thirteen, fourteen, and fifteen episodes, five, six, and seven. So, the format we had last time worked fairly well. So we'll just try and bash on with that and see how we get on. So we'll just take each episode in turn, unless someone has any brighter ideas. No, I'm up for that. Aaron, does that work for you? Yep. Cool. Okay, so let's start with chapter 13. Shall we do spoilers first? Okay. I, th- I think I think we should sound the spoiler klaxon right away. It's a good idea. Let's do that. Aaron, I'll let you go first. Chapter 13, what did you think of it? So, it's a shame to start with me, actually, because this is the episode I've taken the least notes on. Um, I know, that's why I chose you. Brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> How um, evil of you Chris, Chris, I'm totally on your side <laughs> when, when you cause the revolution I'm there Just uh, just say when I'll, I'll, give, I'll give you the signal cool. I think that Chris is too lazy to cause a revolution I think we'll be fine uh, That's what I'll I want fine. you to think He didn't print enough pamphlets and no one heard it 
up. Uh, anyway, on you go. Shall I start with negative or positive? Seeing as we're doing this, what shall I start with? Uh, negative. Well, end, uh, it's good to end on a positive, I think. Dark and nasty. Right. Um, there's The thing that's bothered me about this season probably came up, and you, you probably already talked about it in the previous episodes, but it it really became noticeable for me around episode five of the characters, the old characters from season one are not getting any airtime. They're not really getting much to do. Now, they did solve that problem in, in episode five with Lenny, uh, because obviously it's the Lenny episode. But before that, there was this big doubt that Aubrey Plaza was going to get nothing to do whatsoever. Despite that, though, Melanie is... Melanie might as well not be there. Ptolemy, he's he's had a bit of fun with the garden scene, um, but otherwise, again, he might as well not be there. They've done they've done a, a something with 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 the other characters, but it, it does feel like they're that that team that was is starting to slide away and become unimportant in the face of this the, the uh, Division Three characters that. I'm still not quite sure I've settled into why these guys got together, other than for plot purposes. You know, why did the bad guys suddenly join the good guys? Because we've thought of a better bad guy to have. So I, I never really felt like that was anything more than a, in the first episode, we've, we've just decided to rebuild everything. So here's some backstory, get over it. And the cost of that has definitely been to, to Melanie and Ptolemy, I think. And that, that's a big shame. Okay. Um, yeah, I kind of agree the the background characters are getting a bit of the short shrift a bit, you know, I mean, it's always been kind of David's show, and I think um, Sid gets a bit more screen time than, than anyone else, because she is essentially the love interest, and then Aubrey Plaza just turns up to do something weird in every other scene, that's kind of her purpose, but this I thought this episode was really good at kind of giving her a real showcase, to just sit in a room and talk. And um, you had that whole mystery around what she actually was and who she actually was. And, and there was that kind of alteration of reality that they do so well because the room was upside down uh, for a start. And then her eye colour kept changing um, depending on perception. So I quite liked all that. Um, but yeah, I can't think of what the other characters are doing and I tend to forget about them. When I've taken my notes, I don't really have notes on the other characters at all. So yeah, But that's, be- that's because they simply aren't doing anything. I mean, Melanie exists purely to talk about Oliver. Yeah. And then she's just vanished. And there's there's not even really an excuse for it. She is just she's become uh, a druggie and she's given up. Now that could have been a plot point. It could have been something like she regrets the fact that she couldn't lead the team to success and it's taken the division to step in and get some some results get somewhere, make things happen, but they've just forgotten her, dropped her completely. So any any hope that she could have had a story and become anything more than somebody to remind us of Oliver is is gone. I think, and I mean we've got three episodes left, but and and Ptolemy, he's he had an interesting ability. He 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 was somebody who who was able to not stand up to David, but he was somebody who was going to give us answers about David in in season one and and now he's a guy who's been a a bit of muscle mm-hmm. when Kerry's not 
been there or needed a bit of support, but uh, but otherwise is doing a sort of a generic moving of information role. Um, even when he gets to do something in in episode seven, it's it's no more than forward a bit of plot by by being a zombie. So yeah, the, it, yeah, it's a big shame. I think both of them have been shafted a bit, and they, obviously they're not the main characters. I, I totally get that, but it's why they're here. Why hire these people if you're not going to use them? Yeah. It do, I don't know whether their episodes are coming, maybe, that down maybe. the line, you know, because we did have a, a sort of a Carrie Kerry episode. Uh, we've had a little bit of background on Sid. David's had a, a, a you know, obviously the main characters had a lot going in. So maybe the other two are going to get a little bit more in a future episode. Imagine that, uh, you know, with Oliver potentially coming back into the picture again, that that might might give Melanie a, a, a episode or a, an arc within an episode. But yeah, I, I do agree with you that up until this point, a lot of the characters from the previous season have been pretty much written off to background um, and just disappear in amongst everything else, all the other crazy that's going on. I felt like I'm, I'm still able to do a bit of guesswork and and figuring stuff out, which is one of the things I think I'm on record even from series one of saying this is what I liked about the show the the theorizing and so I was quite pleased in in episode five I mean it's not a big deal I mean it, it won't have been a surprise to, to probably many people listening that I, I suggested to myself that David was going to be the future monster uh, when I was watching episode five so as I said I don't think anybody would have we'll find that a, a big guess like I've really gone out on a limb there but it, it's just the fact that I was able to have that guess the show was was presenting me with some mysteries and, and I, 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 I it wasn't they didn't say it you know it wasn't obvious yeah. I mean, it, it, by the time you get to episode 7 clearly it is but by 5 it's not and I, I just appreciate having having that opportunity having a show that wants me to do that still because i don't feel like that's in any of the other super shows at all there's definitely a lot of guessing i'm I'm a bit like you i think when i when i first saw david interacting with future sid and she said oh it's nice to see you the way you were kind of thing i was like oh well obviously david might be a bit the problem and the and the reason that she's you know sort of being so vague about what needs to be stopped is she doesn't want to say oh and it's you that completely ruins everything so that, that's actually an important thing as well just just to focus on that the, the idea that the character has a reason not to say something because normally with these things i mean we've we've railed against so many episodes of flash whereby they keep things from each other and and there's no reason for it it's just for plot purposes but here sid is like I'm, there's no way on earth i am going to tell you this it, it it wouldn't make any sense. It, it could make it worse. It could make it better. Mm. And quite frankly, I just don't want to live through that, and I don't want to upset what we've got here. It the the character has a perfect reason for keeping quiet, and that's important. That that goes to good plotting. Yeah, I mean the the things I've been loving um, still in these episodes is the visualization of the whole thing. Is just this crazy opening with the upside down or maybe not quite upside down interrogation cell. <laughs> the 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 sort of up and downness of that I couldn't quite work out because some people walked up the walls and round the walls to get in. Other people just walked straight out into the corridor. So at this point, I've got no idea what the orientation of that room actually is. Um, but I imagine that is just some sort of very, very enhanced 
uh, interrogation technique to confuse whoever's sitting there. It sort like of doesn't. You're going nuts. It, and it, and it, you, you can sort of just buy it from this is the way their universe works. I think I didn't. Yeah, you know, it, it didn't it didn't cause me to think. Oh, what's going on here? And it's not the it, craziest thing they've done. So no, well, no, it just yeah. fits in. It fits yeah. in with the whole theme of of season two as well, which is as far as I can see it, trying to creep you out. Yeah. Because the one thing I've not- I noted down about episode five, everything about episode five is a, is going back to what it was in episode one. It, it Trying to make the audience uncomfortable. So you've got that basic setup with somebody being interrogated in a room that's not the right way up and you can't quite figure out which way you're going. It, it, it's to make you uncomfortable. Then you build all the way through the episode through somebody panicking... And, and getting disturbed all the way through up to a body swap in a gruesome fashion. Oh, yeah. And, you, you know, and you, it, it is, it's not, well, I don't know, maybe it is. Maybe it is horror. It's not, it's not gore horror, but it's, it is a, it is a, maybe a psychological horror. And that's a theme they've been faithful to throughout the whole season two. And it, it, it has worked on me. My notes talk about how Amy's appearance in this episode is shot like a horror film. It's you know there's there's a kind of unsettling quality to it, and, and if you placed it in as some kind of cinematic horror film, it would work, you know, because it is just that 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 creep factor, as you say. Um, I think the interrogation itself has elements of horror to it, although that's more psychological because what you see is you see kind of a transference of power as the scene goes on or the scenes go on. Um, sometimes it's Lenny that's kind of in control and confusing, and and other times she's, you know, she's the one that's kind of suffering um, as a result of a superior interrogation technique. So it, it's a more, well, I'm not going to say subtle, but it's it's a different sort of creep factor at, at that point. And I really liked that, and it's interesting to see how Lenny's memories are not to be trusted, but they are also very real and detailed. And we know that the Shadow King does this anyway. You know, he can make people believe anything. That's what he does. That's how he does what he does. You know, Lenny or uh, Lenore's uh, grand-grand issues <laughs> are, yeah, yeah, you know, you don't uh, not daddy issues, not mummy issues, no, grand-grand issues, uh, you know, of uh, drinking vodka out of a can. And, <laughs> yeah, just what... What a brutal life. And then exactly what you were saying, uh, Aaron, about the the imagery of the the body swap with the why was that gun even created gun uh, <laughs> that they were using, um, that you're sitting there thinking, oh, that brutal, with the screaming faces, the sound, even the tension building up, you know, you know that something's going to go down because you've already seen Oliver and Farouk looking over the, the, the sort of farmhouse. But then the way they made the wind prop speed up in the background, building up the tension, you're just seeing the the light change as it's going round and it's getting faster, 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 and then it was gone. Yeah. The light wasn't changing, the sound wasn't there, it was just gone. And you're going, that it was just very eerie the way they did it. It was proper horror movie stuff when they did that. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I also liked the whole discussion about um, when Oliver was going to kill Farouk and he was just so arrogant about it and it's almost like he's never experienced defeat before I think that was in that episode uh, I yeah, get, yeah, I think so, yeah uh, I get mixed up between which episode of 13 and 
chapters thirteen and fourteen, certain things happen. And but it was when they, it was when they were watching miners, I think, when the miners were digging. Yeah, yeah. And, and then, he's going, "I'm going to kill you," you know. <laughs> and waiting for the hot dog car to move. Yeah, <laughs> and I, I don't the submarine truck hot dog car. I, I've got no idea. I've got no idea where that's going to sort of crop up again. I just have this feeling that a submarine. I'm going to be looking out for submarines now, in the rest of the uh, the show. Could just be, uh, you know, an anachronistic image that, made, that just, <laughs> they decided to use. Um, don't see but, why not. But there is a yeah. I mean, what you were saying about there being this arrogance to him, he's undefeatable, he can go wherever he wants, he can do whatever he pleases, there's no way anyone's going to beat him and outsmart him, he's got a plan within a plan within a plan, and he's only telling Oliver and Lenny and uh, David what he needs them to know at the time to manipulate them and move them into the right position. Yeah, Um, You know, he could have chosen anyone to do that body swap with, he could have picked any person, Mm. and he went for his sister. You know, it's that that is someone that is properly playing and winding up David and moving him into the right position, properly throwing him off guard. Yeah. And there's some things in my notes that aren't necessarily plot-specific, but they made me made me stop and think about stuff. Uh, the first bit is about how the, the present is a thing that doesn't exist. Because even if you're, you know, I'm looking at this computer screen right now, but that the, the message that's getting sent to my brain about what's on the computer screen isn't, instant there is a infinitesimal delay between the light reaching my eye and my brain processing it mm. but there is a delay so therefore what you're doing is actually perceiving what's happened in the past so therefore there's no present that kind of blew my mind a bit i mean i'm not sure what the point of it all was but it was an interesting thought maybe it was part of the just trying to throw you off guard then maybe because it's something that you've never considered before maybe yeah. it was just putting you into a, a different frame of mind where you could be pushed around, you know, emotionally a bit easier. Yeah. The closest thing I can think of is that it, there seems to be a running theme in this season about trying to differentiate between what someone was, um, is, or will be. So there's that kind of the past version of something, the current version of something, and then the future version of something. And that seems to be a running theme throughout because... Uh, you've got future Sid trying to prevent present day David turning into future David, for example, and that's just, it's you know, to quote Doctor Who, um, as a show, timey wimey. It's all confusing. Oh, don't say that. I hate that. <laughs> but it's an interesting thought, and it seems like the the whole idea that the present doesn't actually exist means that it, if it doesn't exist, it can easily be changed. So there's that whole hopeful factor, I guess. Maybe maybe there's some of that. I think that's something Legion does well. I was going to say something Legion does well, but again, it's something Legion is doing that other shows aren't doing. How the other shows will claim to have a theme running through, but it's not really. It's all a bit vague. Generally, I've found they that they'll say it's a theme, but they'll tag anything onto it yeah. if if they've got a plot idea. Whereas when you're watching Legion, you can pick up on something like that and follow it through. The narrator's script is, is another one. I trying to remember some of the script after episode seven did the summary and it occurred to me when you when you, you hear the summary, oh my god, this was probably just read as one single piece. 
and then the editors cut it and spread it into paragraphs and put it on the front of the respective episodes. Yeah. And it's stuff like that that gives you confidence that somebody's actually sat down and thought about every episode and how it fits together. And no genius has come along and said, oh, wouldn't it be cool if this happened? For no good reason other than I just want it to happen. And maybe it is individually cool, yeah. but it then it does mean that you do have a broken story with lots of individual things going on. And it, it, I think it's stuff like that that can lead the audience to go, well, this series is a bit long, isn't it? There's a lot of extra stuff in here. Yeah. It doesn't matter how cool that extra stuff was. It's going to be cool to somebody, but it'll be somebody else's boring waste of time. And the only good way out of that, making sure that can never happen, is just to get rid of all of them and do a concise story set and say, I have that trust when I see things like these patterns that the Legion has put the effort into creating that. Yeah, I'm wondering if, you know, there probably already exists a, a YouTube supercut of um, all of those different... All of John John Hamm's narrations, yeah. yeah. Um, and maybe when you watch them together, they make complete sense as a as a piece that, that analyses a particular set of ideas. Because, um, you know, you, you have a break for an episode or so, and then you kind of forget what the last one was about. And uh, Well, I did take notes about the whole pattern recognition being the thing that, mm. you know, that humans look out for. And you've got, uh, it's therefore a conspiracy because humans decide to see patterns and everything even where they don't exist. And it's that kind of, once again, it's that that um, lack of reality, the fooling the fooling the perception of people that are experiencing things where, you know, looking for patterns that don't exist. I think, I think that's interesting stuff. And if there is such a thing as a super cut of that YouTube, on that on YouTube, then it will be in the show notes and I will watch it actually. Just to, and, just to get them all at once. I think it will make a bit more sense towards the end, to be honest. Like most of the, the stuff in Legion. I did I did feel that there was a little wink to the camera while they were doing all the pattern recognition stuff. They're almost sort of taunting the audience that are sitting there trying to yeah. figure stuff out. Just so you know, going, guys, you know, all your theories are wrong. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, you're, lo- you're looking for patterns and we've put so much white noise out there. You're <laughs> never going to find it. And <laughs> it's, it's, I think there was a little bit of that in the, the way they were displaying it. Um, but yeah, very the narration sections have been really interesting. These little cutaways that they've done each episode. Yeah, and it's funny you should mention the whole um, white noise thing because there's another bit in my notes here where it talks about defining silence. So the thing is, someone who is born hearing a buzzing in their ears will think something's wrong when they can't hear that anymore because because it just is, you know, it just isn't. It's unusual to them, and that kind of ties back to one of the previous John Ham narrations where he talks about if you told someone the colour red was actually the colour green mm. and you told them they can walk when the light is green or no they can walk when the light is red and they see red as green you know and, um, you could end up getting people killed because everyone else sees red as what we know it be red and, you know it's a bit like that uh, I'm, I'm not sure how it all fits together but I, I quite like the idea of people create their own reality or people have their own reality because you know I mean, an example people use is, how do you know that colourblind people aren't seeing the wor- world properly and everyone else is being fooled? You know, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I have to assume that the... So, episode 7 gives you the the summation of, of the previous pieces to match the plot of the episode, and it all comes to, to a head with the monster being an idea. Yeah. 
at the start, but then developing into something horrible at the end. Yeah. So we've now had the explanation of the of the theory, if you will, the analogy, if you will. I have to assume the next seven, sorry, the next three episodes, they're going to take that and make it true for presumably David because he's the one that becomes a monster. Yeah. But also, you've got an option on it being anybody. It might be Farouk. He's an obvious one to have been an idea that became the monster that he is now. But then yeah. it, they might even just they might even twist it and say, "Oh, it's Sid. Oh, it's anybody. You know, it's you. It's the person. On the, it's the person who's currently at the front mm-hmm. of the battle line." Yeah, and there's a lot, a lot stuff, a lot of stuff going on. I think, and um, this episode is one of those where it just plays around with different little possibilities. Uh, not hugely successfully in all cases, but there was enough in there that I found it interesting. Well, go on then. You can't just say that. You've got to say then what, what wasn't successful. Um, some of the stuff you were talking about with, with other characters who are just kind of there, uh, that, that kind of bothers me. So um, I like the interrogation stuff, but I'm still not quite sure what the whole point of Lenny being back as a person I mean, she's clearly still connected to the Shadow King in some way and has information on him, but I'm still not sure why they've done this. She now exists when the implication was that she doesn't exist before, and you know, it's I'm not sure where they're going with it. Well, they've they've already been with it. It's done. I mean, yeah. it, it could go further. Obviously, I mean, it, she could be a, a sleeper agent, yeah. sort of triple agents, and they might have another purpose. But but her bit's over. She was a convenient driver of the body that needed to be delivered to David. You know, it was how can I how can I, as the Shadow King, ensure that this really horrific message is delivered direct to David? Well I need to give him something that he will look at and he will interact with and he will talk to Lenny. Mm. It's a perfect use of Lenny as a as a pawn to deliver a message and that's over it. Lenny is no longer any use. She served a purpose. As far as Shadow King needs to be concerned or anybody else needs to be concerned, she could just be murdered, killed, done with, doesn't matter. Well, she's still around, so... Well, I'm assuming the plot's going to use her more, obviously, yeah. but in terms of the in terms of the, the, the bad guys, and it's because of Farouk and you saying, why was it done? Well, the, episode six is why it was done. Episodes five and six, you know, just mm-hmm. to deliver that message to, as Chris says, to upset David, to get him off his game, to make sure that the Shadow King wins. He's, he's arrogant. He thinks he's, he can't be defeated, but he obviously is giving David some respect because he refers to him as another potential god. Yeah. And even though the Shadow King in the... I forget what it was, it episode four, where they had the... the um, mind world fight and and the Shadow King easily won that but it's not to say that he would he believes he's always going to win every other fight they're going to have so he's he's playing as as someone who lives forever always does he plays lots of angles just to make sure yeah um, fair enough we're still missing Dan's numbers distinct lack of dancing that's true distinct lack of dancing actually, in uh, episode 5 Though, um, we can mention the other dance numbers in other episodes. We can. We can. Are we done with episode five, do we, do we think? Or is there anything else? Um, I think, I'm, yeah, I'm done already. Yeah, I'm done, I'm, done, I'm done with episode five. I think there's bits I can say about overall 
the way my feeling is going. However, episode five, I'm then. Before we go into chapter 14, uh, should we hear a word from our sponsor, Edinburgh Comic Con? There's an advert that has been recorded, so you don't have to listen to us do it again. I'll take that as silence as a yes. Y- yes. Yeah. Over to James. True believer, this is Captain Justice, Edinburgh Comic Con's very own cosmic crusader and defender of truth and liberty. Many of you may have thought these concepts dead, wiped from reality by the evil Doom Legion. But in truth, they're still alive in the hearts and minds of every good man and woman, ready to be awoken when the time is right. Well, that time is now. On the 6th and 7th of April, 2019 at the EICC in Edinburgh. Fans from across the multiverse will gather to get their geek on while meeting stars of film and TV, comic book creators, cosplay as their favorite characters, and basically take advantage of the wonderful opportunities included in the price of their admission. So, don't be a turkey that hopes for Christmas. Get your rights backside to Edinburgh Comic Con. Because, like that other famous captain, I'm with you to the end of the line. To get that reference, you know, do you want me adding something about the, you know, the website, www.heroconventions.com? Or maybe uh, Facebook, or Twitter, or, you know, Instagram? Find us all under that, you know? Alright, I'm just... Thank you, James. Thanks, James. Uh, make sure you buy your tickets for Edinburgh Comic Con if you're anywhere near Edinburgh or willing to travel to Edinburgh for that weekend next year. So it's it's a fun event. I'll probably be doing a panel again, but you can skip that if you want. Uh, or, or come see it, because it's kind of fun. So Edinburgh Comic Con. Let's hope that people go, because it's a good event. Right. Chapter 14. Uh, chapter 14, we play a bit with uh, alternate universes, which are always a fun sci-fi comic book concept to, to mess around with um, I, I sort of have it in my notes that there's a this episode is kind of a collection of what ifs which which is basically what it is and um, it's, it's interesting they took the time to just play around with what could have been for David across you know across different lifetimes and, and how you keep jumping between them I thought that was, I thought it was a nice touch so this is possibly one of the most important episodes, I think, that we've seen so far. Certainly this this season. I don't know if it's my favourite, but there's certainly one of the ones that I'm really appreciated. It's, it's the most well placed and the most purposeful, I think, of all of them. Um, and so I'd, I probably want to take that collection of what ifs to turn it to what I think is is really the the message of 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 this of this episode i think it, it's all about the show don't tell mm-hmm. and i think this is one of the best show me a character's emotion rather than tell me what it is that that i've seen in in well and certainly in, in all of the super stuff because how many times have you railed against that you know where you've just said oh yeah you, you've told me you're upset but i don't believe you you know because yeah so this this takes a whole episode to point out just exactly how important 
Amy is to David. You know, in, in every single universe that you can think of and find as a as a what, what do you what do you call it? Is he omega level mutant? I always get that other I've got that omega wrong level, around. Yeah. yeah. yeah okay. So as any 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 universe that this level of character can think of, Amy was still there taking care of of David, no matter what, you know, he might have thought about in the in in some of the chat you get in episode seven where he had bad feelings towards his sister, you know, because he obviously ended up in a situation he didn't want to be in. You do have bad thoughts, but the point is he still recognized that Amy was the one who was there, who was taking care of him, who wouldn't, you know, she never, she, she never abandoned him in any of those life stories. She never moved away from him. And she was always the one who was either providing his medicine or providing his food, or there's the one where he's, he's older and she's putting him to bed. She's a full caregiver in all sense of emotional and physical means. And then, in all other universes, of course, um, it's David's situation that eventually brings him down. It's only in our universe, the one that you know that we're actually watching, is it the one that Amy dies first in? In all the other ones, David is taken out by, you know, by just stuff that was going to happen to him. In some of the universes, he's not even that upset by it. It's like, yeah, this was going to happen. I had to go sometime. Yeah, I'm glad it was you with the sword. Brilliant, carry on. Um, <laughs> but it, in in, in in this one it's it's that it's that massive guilt that he feels that she has been killed it's that massive sorrow that this person is so important to him and sh- and she's the one that's been taken out of the picture and been done so by Farouk you know if you were going to upset david this is how you do it you hit his sister now in any other show you could say you have killed my family member therefore I'm- take my revenge upon you as all good revenge films do you know they always open with you know you've taken my daughter you've killed my son it's it's been done before we've just seen you know oh i can't spoil a deadpool i won't do that i won't do that i was going to spoil a deadpool (laughs) but there you go there's some stuff in deadpool that that may or may not be going down the same route that i didn't really think oh that was a bit weird you know white picket fence here we go off and how do you make it real? How do you make it believable that this character cared so much about this other character? You show it. You show us many, many episodes, many, many episodes, many, many settings, many, many scenes, all of which you have this caring angle coming in of the person needing this person, the person relying on, on this carer. And then at the end, you do something so grim to do some sort of, as you say, that gun that shouldn't exist, you turn that on the body. Uh, At the end of all of that, I think you honestly did feel it sitting there with David. Yeah, we need Farouk to die now. That is horrible, what you've just done. He he could have killed off Ptolemy, and I would have gone, yeah, Ptolemy was a good character, but mm, whatever, you know, it didn't really get much going there, didn't really see much happening. He killed off Melanie, you'd be like, oh, God, well, he put her out of his misery, so maybe that's a good thing, you know. but it was with Amy. It's like, no, that's that was that was horrible. This person who means so much to David, I've actually now seen it, not just told it. I've seen it. And when David gives his final line at the end, you can see, as Chris says, all that build-up. Farouk has thrown him off his game. He's really upset, David. David, who can't control his powers, is now too emotional to do anything sensible. It it it's the ultimate. It was the ultimate chess move, and it was the ultimate presenting in terms of giving an episode over to it. Yeah, although. Uh, this is more something that's kind of covered in the next episode, but there's, there is the bit where Farouk says that 
something along the lines of he did what David wanted by by killing his sister, um, and. Oh, that's but that's what I mean by the teasing. You know, yeah. he's been inside his head. He's still trying to upset him. Yeah, he's but- he's focusing in on that where we've all thought it. You've yeah. all thought something bad about somebody you care about. It, yeah. That flash of feeling that comes up, that rogue thought. And, of course, David then suddenly looks a bit guilty because he's like, no, 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 it's just a thought. It's like, yeah, it's what everybody is it, – it's a very human moment. I don't think it's to be read any more, anything more than that. It's just he, he again manages to play David a gone on his guilt, on, his, on these emotions. Well, see, my reading of that moment was kind of – because Farouk spends so much time in people's heads, there's almost, uh, it's almost like he doesn't understand the difference between thinking and acting. So he sees them as essentially the same thing because he plays around with people's minds so often. So the idea that, you know, this this stray thought must must be what David wants, and and he's kind of playing into that because you do have a bit of Farouk. And David have a bit of an uneasy alliance, certainly early on. You know, it's not that David is working with him, but he's not actively working against him. Um, so there's there's something there. I mean, maybe maybe I was reading a bit too much into it, but I suppose this is the show to read too much into. You know? Absolutely. Um, yeah. I mean, I won't. I mean, that's that's one. That's one of my points. That there's yeah. You've you've. It, the show is giving you stuff to think about, and I think that's important. Yeah. You should definitely think about. It. I, I personally don't think you're right. I think it was more playing on keeping David off guard. But as I say, given it's a show that is about trying to raise opinions, get you guessing, I was wrong all the way through season one. But, I, but that was part of the, that was a good part of it, you know, just to, just to have that thought process to, to be able to do it. I rarely felt smarter than when I figured out it was the Shadow King before <laughs> it was the Shadow King. <laughs> It was in there. Listen, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. Um, so in terms of the parallel universe stuff, uh, homeless David, I think, is the one that's featured the most. Does that tell us anything? I mean, is it that he he isn't materialistic? Because this homeless version of him seems to be more content than some of the others. And the homeless one, though, the one that ends up. Dying horribly to the sword stroke, and he well, it was like you said. He was like, "Yeah, cool. It was going to end yeah. sometime." You know, he wasn't even bothered by that. So, the homeless one seems to be pretty content with the, with his situation. I just had this thought that he I can't can't remember it well enough now, but that he he seems to take a small amount of pleasure in killing off all the agents though that come for him. Yeah. So, it, but it seems like he, he, was he wasn't only- the most innocent, at least. If he was happy, it wasn't because he was a nicer person, I don't think. Yeah. Well, I think he was keeping to himself and out of the way, and then as soon as he attacked those thugs that were beating him up, at that point he knew the agents were going to come for him. Now, either they've come for him in the past, and then he's went into hiding, and that's when he's ended up being the the sort of tramp, or um, he's had some sort of contact with them before. Someone's found out he's had powers, and he's had the, the sort of SWAT team attack before, because he seemed pretty ready for him when he was out on that square he knew that they were coming Yeah. and then like you say there was a bit of glee as he took out the initial wave but then once it started escalating he wanted out of there I don't think he wanted to go supernova at that yeah. point but he had no option and another through line is that his powers always seem to ruin things in, in all the realities you know they seem to cause him issues well apart from one Apart from apart yeah. from one reality where he um, he goes from coffee boy to richest man in the world, yeah, and you know that the, the start of that office stuff it seemed like that was 
he was most miserable, certainly at the beginning in that reality. I mean, can't, can't blame him, but... <laughs> I still think he was partly miserable at the end. You know, he knows what everyone around him's thinking. He knows that everyone around him hates him and despises him for what he's been doing and the way he treats people. Um, But he's, you know, I'll sign this, or and you're the richest man in the world kind of thing. uh, Yeah. Got everything that he could want, nothing at the same time. I I don't think I picked up on any of the individual characters being meaningful. I, th- I do think it was more of a an ensemble that you were to read it, especially because there's a song that I picked out and I can't even remember which character story it was in, which version of David's story it was in, but it it applied to all of them, I think, anyway. So it, it maybe doesn't matter which one it was connected to, which was... I don't know if it's a real song. I don't know if it was made up for this episode. I don't know what the title was. I've just got a note of one of the lines, which was... I'd like to change the world, but I don't know how to do it. And it that seems to apply to David throughout all of his ex- multiple existences. That alone, the one he was, you know, we've, we're seeing him in. He, but that, that's that's like the story right back since the start of of season one, and it carries on right now through to his confusion with two Sids, and he doesn't know which one to believe, and he doesn't even know if he can believe either of them because he's still finding stuff out about Farouk. So I think, I think because of that, it, it is definitely a. Here's here's how crazy all of David's lives are, and he in none of them has ever really been able to figure out how to use his powers for the best, and 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 if there's a reason he should be using them, what is that? Yeah, that is a real song. It's called "I'd Love to Change the World," and it was also used in the Star Trek Discovery trailer. One mm-hmm. time. Fair enough. Um, yeah, and there was a number of songs in that one. There was the Superman one as well. Uh, I think it's Five for Fighting that sang that song. And there's the the obvious one, of course, that we've got to mention is uh, Brian uh, Brian Ferry being sung by a mouse. <laughs> got slave got to, to have say slave to love uh, <laughs> being sung on the desk of a guy or or, or a, a David. Working at the IRS, <laughs> you just go. It's, a, I, I, it's one of those things that you're going. Why? Why? <laughs> it's like is is this just them going? Now someone's going to try and figure out a reason this is yes. here, but we are never going to tell anyone. This is a polar bear on an island. It is never going to get explained. It is just going to be there. Have fun trying to work this into your fan theory. We will catch you next week. Um, you know, we present you the singing mouse. We had some CGI money left over. Yeah. We just wanted a, a kind of dodgily animated singing mouse. And why not? Why not? And we could afford oh, the, the rights to Brian Ferry. Yeah, yeah. It's, it sticks out. It definitely sticks out. Uh, the thing about the... Um, also the whole universe hopping thing. It's got. I mean, it's got this kind of... It's, I suppose it's a theme of the whole series, you know, including season one, is this whole idea of reality being... You know, something that you don't... It isn't necessarily defined by what you're experiencing at that point. So, especially David could essentially choose his favourite universe should he want to. And it's mentioned that he can decide what's real and what isn't. So there's there's a bit of that. It's almost like he could be shopping for a life, you know, that he wants to live. I mean, there could be... I mean, the thing is, there was there was such a variety in there. I mean, you had your... 
you know, your billionaire, you had the David that worked in the dairy, you had the trolley trolley tramp David, the moustache David, David, uh, the one that was working for the IRS, you had the one that was in the sort of diner that was explaining multiple universities just to make sure we all picked it up, and you had uh, the 2.3 kids David, as uh, as I've written them down on the sheet. And plus, uh, old man, uh, old man, David. Yeah, I mean, when this when this opened, this episode, I was properly confused about what's going on, and it took me a little bit to go, oh, they're all different versions of David, and then there was the bit about multiple universe theory. I'm like, oh right, okay, so this is exactly what they're going for, and then they all started to have their meltdowns. Now I don't know if this is just setting up sort of a power level for David and a, you know, a, a ticking bomb kind of thing that eventually at some point David's going to go nuclear um, causing all this sort of destruction but definitely the sort of imagery that you got of the shadows being left behind of whatever he destroyed was yeah. pretty creepy Yeah, definitely uh, Mustache David was almost his worst life because he was stuck on he was still on drugs all the time although in some ways it was kind of the best because he had no other burden of responsibility attached to that you know he didn't even have an awareness of who he was half the Mm. time so so maybe there is that freedom that that he can aspire to and of course sometimes he's the shadow king which isn't great for him necessarily but you didn't see all the others see I thought they were going to slowly introduce the shadow king to all of the other characters but you didn't see him in all no, of them. No, I think it's I think it's the idea that there's that specific choice he makes that then ends up with him being the Shadow King or ends up letting the Shadow King win. And I think the the sort of one eventuality where that does happen is it's important I suppose because maybe it suggests that Farouk doesn't have the level of power over David that he wants to have or thinks he has. And this could be the part of the impetus for him trying to corrupt David into, you know, and it being off his game, because he knows that in most realities he doesn't win. Or suspects that in most realities he doesn't win. Mm. I don't know. I'm just spitballing. Spitball away. I mean, it's one of those episodes that I think either people will have loved seeing all these different sides. And I mean, definitely... um, fair play to Dan Stevens for being able to play each of these different sort of versions of his character... Which I thought was really impressive. Yeah. Or people will have watched this episode and gone, "Hang, hang on, where, where's the story gone? Where's the, where's the plot? Where, what's just happened? Where, what's all this?" You know, because it doesn't yet sort of tie in. And I've got to admit, until you said Aaron about sort of showing his sister as like a, as a, as a companion throughout. You know, like a steady, stable character, a good influence in his life in all these different universes. I I hadn't massively picked up on that. So I was sort of looking, going, well, they're, they're sort of basically introducing multiple universe theory, giving us an interesting little insight into different choices David might have made. But that that was about as much as I took from it. And by the end, I was going, but I don't know how this is going to move the story further down apart from potentially the fact that the universe that Sid's in is a different universe with a different David. Yeah. I think that's what I'm, I'm, I'm reasonably convinced that it was actually a, 
it was actually a message piece in that sense because because of that though you if you try and look for other things in it i think you struggle and you get lost in it and it's hmm. it, it is a nice scientific explanation of how the universe works but you say it doesn't seem to have any purpose and you can try and dig around in various references but i don't think you come up with anything that you don't already know like yet farouk has the danger taken over his body and yeah. multiple universes says everything's happened everywhere so and it it, it but if you if you if you do stop trying to find the yeah the individual meaning points and not I'm saying we should do this for Legion I don't I'm not I wouldn't say that at all but I think in this one episode I think it, this this is the one you do step back and look at the whole thing and then when you get to the final scene and fair play to Dan Stevens for delivering it the final scene scene where he is so angry. It's the weight of the entire episode behind that that gives you that sense of pure rage, and it it, it is therefore an, an emotional thing for, for, for the whole. And it's it's not necessarily something they do for all the episodes, but given that they they're still possibly investigating different things throughout different episodes, is possibly actually a good thing for this. I didn't like episode four which I know you've already talked about, I won't dwell on it, but just to say, when they when they went back to traditional storytelling for episode four, I found that a bit unwelcome. I actually prefer Legion when it's doing these other things. Let's try someone else. Right, how are we going to tackle this episode? Let's do a different directorial theme for episode six, for episode three, for episode seven. And the, you, you can probably look at some of the different episodes, therefore, through completely different lenses. And to me, that that's the, that's a good thing. You know, that's why we we can look at episode six and say it's different to the others, but that's that's a talking point in itself. You know. Well, that's the thing. I mean, this episode. I mean, sometimes it can be a, a legion can just sort of transport you to somewhere else, give you singing mice, multiple universes, and and you just go, do you know what? I'm I'm going to watch and enjoy this. I'm not yeah. going to try and and dissect it to pieces. But it's given me exactly what I want out of this. It's, you know, I sat there and I started the episode by sort of scribbling notes and writing down. By the end, I was like, do you know what? I'm, I'm going to sit back and just watch because I don't think up until the point where I find out which of these universes of David is actually the one that we've been watching, then it's not really going to have much of an impact further on. But it is showing us some just interesting insight into it. It's also a really abstract way of exploring a relationship because, you know, we've all seen episodes where characters die in other shows and they, you know, they, they handle it in various ways. So sometimes it is about the grief where characters talk about how much this character meant to them. Sometimes they might, you know, do a bit of a flashback device so you can see what that relationship's like. And in this one, they're just exploring how that relationship plays out in multiple different continuities that, you know, we, we see bits and pieces of. And I think that's important with... Amy as a character because she's been around pretty well since the beginning but she's never a main character so she is kind of there but not there so spending an entire episode explaining why this is really important to David other than the fact that he cares about his sister which is really boring as a justification goes because it's just expected but you've got this whole you know what was the meaning of their relationship uh, why did he care about her so much and, and where did that come from and you get to see that play out because it plays out pretty much the same in every continuity I think that's just an interesting way 
I've said interesting far too many times. But it's a really yeah, it's a really <laughs> compelling <laughs> and yeah, I need to come up with a new word. Uh, we'll try compelling. It's a really compelling way of of giving you that. And then when when she does die it's oh my god, I understand what he means to her. Or she means to him. There's only one part of the episode that I wanted, I would personally want to pick out for individual analysis because I don't, I wonder if something was meant by it, and there probably wasn't, but I was just curious. Does anybody know Clockwork Orange well enough to explain to me what was going on? I used to, back when I studied the book, but it's one of those, it's been so long. I mean, other than it was guys in white boiler suits beating up on a homeless guy, I could draw that link because that happens in both. You know, <laughs> uh, then I got lost. I was saying, oh, does that, does that mean something? Because I know, I know f- from listening to people chat that Clockwork Orange is a film that has uh, discussion points, meanings, ideologies, there's things in it. But because I don't know it, I can't comment. I wondered if you guys knew anything about Nothing that springs to mind, but I've—I mean, I've—I've I've read the book a number of times for for studying purposes back in my old academic days. But uh, the film is something I think I've only seen once, maybe twice. And then the um, the sort of psychiatric hospital is called Clockworks, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. So what I've, you're I've saying is I've never, I've never read an... it, so I—I I, I can't. Well, yeah. it's obviously a deliberate reference. That that much is clear. It's not. I mean, I think it's just because both things are about people who are a bit mental. Um, it could just was, be as simple as that. Well, I was about to say it. We've been occasionally when was it in season one? I was looking for my Alice in Wonderland references. Yeah. And and now I'm realizing that there are Clockwork Orange references throughout too. As you say, it's just they've taken lots of media, lots of stories that have a connection to insanity, and they've just using it as a maybe they're just a nods and homages throughout so maybe that's it it's just a mm. it was just another nod to a a story that dealt with insanity so what you're saying is before the next podcast you'll need to watch clockwork orange and see if there's any more of that i suppose so but that's not going to <laughs> I'll, I'll go down the silly route and say didn't they wear sort of orange jumpsuits when they were part of the when they were in the institution as well Weren't they all in orange? Yeah, I, I think they were right. orange outfits yeah. and stuff. Anyway. There's a lot of like bright That's me clutching at a bit of orange, straws and yeah. stuff, yeah. There's a lot of pastel colours in Legion, isn't there? Yeah. Um, I'd say it's very typical Legion for you know someone to bring up a reference that they don't know enough about and then <laughs> <laughs> let us abandon it. As Just vaguely on. drop in. I mean, the Alice in Wonderland references, I mean, I was going to raise this as well, is that I've been, you know, ever since you mentioned it and when we were sort of discussing the first season, I've always looked out for them, but I've not really spotted any in the recent episodes. So no, I don't I know if it's just like a wee thing that they've sort of thrown in. Season one was about David going down the rabbit hole. But season two is mm. when he's starting to understand things a bit more, so therefore the Wonderland side of it doesn't matter as much because mm. it isn't new to him. It isn't unusual to him anymore. It's just one of those things. So I think maybe the Clockwork Orange thing is there's more to it, but I've not seen the film in so long that I can't possibly comment. So, All right, just as you know, I've just Googled it because obviously that's what we all just do now. <laughs> um, and... Yeah, the quote here from Vulture.com 
Stanley Kubrick haunted the development of Legion. Hawley was somewhat obsessed with the filmmaker. So well, I, can it, believe it is, in, I can believe that Kubrick is an influence of Noah Hawley because look at what he's made. Kubrick is I, very clearly, you know... But no, it's just, it's just, it's all in Legion. As you said, the orange jumpsuits uh, have, have, do have that connection. The name Clockworks, the normalization of David, similar to the normalization of Alex. I think it is just a series of influences that that the showrunner, the creator, producer has decided that they wants to. He just wants to make a nod to these things. Yeah. Uh, so that's fine. I'm happy with that. Anno- annoyingly, though, they do not mention Alice in Wonderland on anywhere on this. They've got all the other ones. Um, they just don't have Alice in Wonderland. That's a bit of a miss so there. That's, an ex- that's an exclusive to Neil Before Pod. It is, actually. Yeah. Brilliant. If only people listened to it and realised. <laughs> Apart from you, who's listening to it, obviously. You you, you count. You're, you're in a very special place. You're part of a very select group. You, dear listeners, you can listen to us waffle about Legion and barely understand it. Cool. Uh, anything else on Chapter 14? Or can we move on? I think we've done that well. Yeah, I think we can move on. I've blown through my notes, so that's fine. Okay, we have no more sponsors, you'll be glad to hear. Or maybe not uh, so glad to hear, I don't know. Uh, we don't have any sponsors, it's just I call James a sponsor because it makes me sound important. Rise against but sponsors. You, but you, you could have your sponsorship here. Get in touch with us at the, at the link somewhere around about where you found this. Your advert here. Yeah. <laughs> we, will, yeah. we will advertise the fact that we will take your advert. That's it. That's it. Depends. It doesn't matter what it is. Well, it does matter what it is, to be honest. Uh, no, yeah. no, it doesn't matter. If you've got the money, we've got the advert space. <laughs> <laughs> mm, that, could be, that could be somewhat dodgy. Yeah. But never mind. Let's, it let's, could be, but the money will be great at the time. Let's not go, let's not go down that rabbit hole. Yeah. <laughs> okay, chapter 15, our final one of the night. Um, this one is weirdly fresh, yet not so fresh in my mind. I only watched it three hours ago, as per as per our recording time. <laughs> um, but it's weirdly kind of left me a bit since then. I don't know. It, I, I don't think it made a huge impression on me. And I'm not even sure why. I, I don't know, I, although I do liken it to that episode where... Um, was it was it in chalk where David was writing? Here's what I've discovered so far in chalk, and like my dad is this bald guy in a wheelchair, and you know it's a bit like that. It's almost this point of the season, isn't it, where they're starting to maybe answer a few questions. Yeah, but I I did, it was a bit before oh, that actually, because it it in in episode nine of the first series, as you say, they're they're just giving you right. This is literally everything you need to know. All the mysteries. Only, Bang! Here, let's get on with this. Do episodes. this. There was only eight episodes in the first season. Uh, well, whichever it was, the, the episode. <laughs> it was a penultimate episode, whichever it was. Yeah. Um, and then with this one, it's like we're no, we're answering some things, but we're not answering everything. But they properly they properly highlighted it as well because it was um, I'm going to say the word wrong, but ostensibly, ostensibly is that oh, right? Yeah, ostensibly. And, yeah, there you go. You can say it properly. On on Legion is what they opened with, and I loved it because it was like I went. Oh, I wonder what the de- definition of that is, and it's appears, uh, yeah, appears or is stated to be true. 
And I was like, that is great. What a way to open an episode yeah. of the Legion going, yeah, this is what we're telling you is apparently or potentially true well, <laughs> instead of previously, 13, you know? Um, opened with apparently on Legion as well. Yeah, so, <laughs> like you know, Yeah, so it's like, this might have happened. I don't know, though. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah we're, it, we're, don't hold us to this. It may not be accurate. Yeah, constantly challenging the audience to keep making up their own minds about what they're watching, which is fine. Um, so this is the end of the John Ham stuff. That's why I feel like it's maybe that like that episode where you start to get, you know, where where everything get, starts to kind of come together because John Ham literally says, you know, to summarize or or well, I don't know what the actual words were, but he, you know, he basically says that. To summarise, we've covered this, 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 and this. You know, it's like a conclusion of, as you said, Aaron, a, a bit of an essay or, or a piece of, mm. you know, a descriptive piece of something. I think the stra- there's a couple of strange things in the episode that, that I wondered might have led people to this because I had the same feeling. I watched the episode and I didn't hate it. I just somehow didn't connect with it. And... Looking at parts of it, I think it's because it seemed strangely normal. Now it wasn't. It wasn't like episode four, which was let's do more of a straightforward traditional traditional storytelling because they did a traditional storytelling uh, style, but it was still about a mystery. So that didn't break it. But if you if you look at what happens in in this one, in the episode, in episode seven here, then it's it's kind of normalised by the appearance of a massive feck off monster, <laughs> and all of a sudden this this horror that's been more psychological, this 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 horror that's been building in the back of your head that doesn't have a gore angle to it, doesn't have a silly puppet that somebody's trying to make look scary with a high budget. It, it, none of the other episodes have that, whereas all of a sudden now you've got a physical monster and you can look at that and go, yeah, it's not scary. And it should be. That monster should be the most terrifying thing you've ever seen. And fine, David can handle it because, of course, he's the one who can play on this level. But all of the other people should have been absolutely freaking horrified by this this thing come to life that didn't really exist in in even their crazy background but it's just yeah get the guns and fight the monster and kill the androids and it suddenly becomes this very normal stuff that's occurring it it's almost like it descends into just the things you would see on sci-fi and i think because it because they normalized that whole episode you you're no longer creeped out anymore. All the way through all the other episodes, you've got this feeling going on in the background. Oh, oh, do I need to look over my shoulder? What's going on? Is there, is there a little black oily beast climbing inside my brain? You know, this, uh, it's trying to really put you on edge. Whereas you are not going to be put on edge by, by Ptolemy and, um, and Carrie fighting the androids. No. I wasn't even massively impressed by the fight scene because... It didn't even really back up what they said. 68% chance of success. Yeah. No, no, it wasn't. No, there was about a 0.3% chance of success. You guys did nothing. You just stood there and got hacked up, you know. <laughs> so that was a lie. And and, and the, the, the androids didn't really even do much. So they, mm-hmm. they weren't going to be scary. They weren't going to creep you out. They could have been, though. 
you know, these women with mustaches going around for no reason whatsoever, that, you know, they, they should have been just as creepy. But it was normal. It was just a fight scene. It was a fight scene like any other super show. And then the monsters is a normal monster. Perverse, uh, even that, saying that, they, they ended it really well. The final battle between Dave and the mm. monster is really good. I actually really enjoyed that. But, but the lead up to it is just so normal. It's just so boring sci-fi. It's not the rest of Legion. I think it breaks you out of what you've been watching. Yeah. Um, I did like the, the final fight between David and the monster, the fact that it was huge and then it shot. Oh, it was brilliant. And, and yeah, yeah, it's like a nice little visual piece. But the thing that bothered me about it is you've spent the entire season talking about the power of delusion, how it infects people and, you know, and, and colours their perceptions in different ways. And, and all this, it's built up to be a pretty dangerous thing. And then they reveal that it has absolutely no power over David whatsoever. You know, he's able to snap his fingers and pull it out of his friends. And then, you know, the, the one um, the one that becomes huge, he just laughs at it and it becomes tiny and then explodes. And, you know, the thing about it is, uh, one, of the, one of the things about David is he's very susceptible to having his perception played around with. You know, this whole, I mean, the first episode, the dance-off fight, you know, we see it as a dance because David maybe sees it as a dance and... You know, that's delusion in a sense. You know, he's being deluded into feeling or believing something that's not necessarily accurate. So the fact that it has no power over him kind of put me off a little bit. I think um, I think that went a bit against what they were trying to set up. There was a bit of when David turned up and it just seemed too simple. David sort yeah. of appears next to someone out of air, looks at their head and goes, oh, there's something not quite right there. Let me just... Let me just so pick that out. Oh, all right, you've got that. Oh, and the guy next to you's got it. Let me just. Yep, that's gone. And out of your head. Yep, and gone. And it just made it seem a bit too simple. I'm the same as you. I, I like when it when he sort of transported it to the sort of red room, and sits there and opens it with you know, hey, you picked a really shitty time to come here. You do know I've got other stuff to do. Just 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 you leave and it'll be fine. And I'll forget about it and whatever. And you know, I kind of liked that. Um, and then I'm keeping it in the jar. I thought he was just going to leave it trapped in the jar. You know that poke whole a couple of sort holes of, in it. yeah, you know? poke a couple of holes in it and leave it in the room and walk off. And it would yeah. have been like something that was still within his head, if you know what I mean. Because hmm. he had left it in the jar and maybe it gets out and then it's in David. I don't know. That's the kind of thing I was expecting. But then when it was kind of dealt with as that, I was like, oh, okay, well, it's kind of gone then. Especially since they had opened with the whole sort of witch trials sequence at the beginning on the narration. Yeah. And, you know, the delusion of the the sort of um, conspiracy at that point is they're all thinking that uh, Fukuyama's eating people in the basement. And that's what leads this, you know, starts this revolt that they get going. But it it's then all wrapped up too quick. And then even... You know, I'm the same as you, but the robot fight just didn't seem particularly as large scale as I thought it was going to be. I don't think there was enough of them fighting the robots, and I don't think there was enough of the robots actually fighting them either. You know, I think that that was a bit weird. I wonder if it's... uh, Well, the thought that's in my head is that it's actually an important moment, I think, for David, because he keeps getting beaten by Farouk. And at some point in the future, we're expected to believe that he kills Farouk. And at the moment, that's not believable because he's not learning. He's not particularly 
going through any trials that he can get experience from. So we do need him at some point to show off his competence. And mm. so I do think that at this point in the story, I understand why they've done something where David comes along and defeats it. Because this is just a beast on the mental plane. You know, Farouk is a god on the mental plane, and he is definitely somebody that you're not going to easily just swat away with a with a with an ethereal tennis racket. But this this little beastie, you're effectively an insect, you could just stand on with your boot, as he does. So it's it's good for David to show that he's he's got some skills in in the build up to the big fight. But it, because you say it's not earned, he doesn't seem to struggle with it. Again, we're not seeing him doing that, learning that development, that growth, that building power. So you don't get the satisfaction from, yes, he has made it. He previously couldn't, but now he could. You know, he's not had that that development. You would have needed the through line of him struggling with the delusion for the past six episodes and then finally overcoming it when he realizes what the delusion is. Well, see, the the second half of my thought, which is how I was struggling to get it out, actually, was was the number of characters, I wonder if we're getting in the way of that. That that development you've just described about how he could have been more central to the to the problem, I think would have been much easier if they hadn't been using Division 3. Yeah. I'm still not quite sure why Admiral Wicker Baskethead is is even there. Well because he's he, he's if it was if it was see if it was Melanie in charge still and the delusion was spreading and slowly you saw somebody like Ptolemy, who has trusted Melanie and Oliver for all of his time in, in previously, and you'd had that history built up, and then you suddenly see Ptolemy says, no, we have to go to the, to the big summer room and we have to take a shotgun to Melanie. You'd be horrified. And you could believe that Farouk had, had done this impressive thing where he'd managed to turn characters who loved and supported each other against each other, whereas... Turning on the guy wearing the furniture is, is, you know, it's like, well, just don't pick on him. He's already got enough problems, you know, don't yeah. was he? You've beaten it? up his aliens. How is he going to go to bed at night? You know, you've taken his, <laughs> his, his, sorry, not aliens, his android supporters. You sort of feel a bit sorry for him, but it's not really a big emotional deal. I, I wasn't bothered at all that they were going to shoot Admiral Fukuyama. You know, the, the interrogator turns against his boss well, sorry, in the previous series, you were the bad guys. I'm not emotionally connected to you either in that same sense. Mm. So I don't, I don't know if it, would have been, if it would have been more powerful if they'd have had the, the cast turning on the original heroes and then David would have been central to the development of saving his friends because he would have had to have worked out through several episodes why is everybody going more crazy? Why are these delusions picking up? Why are people getting more and more serious about stuff that I know isn't even real? To the point then when he f- finally realizes, oh, they're all completely deluded, it can't be real, and he goes for the search for the creature, finds it, defeats it, much more satisfying. Yeah. I mean, was anyone else disappointed by the reveal of Admiral Fukuyama? Yes. I, 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 you know, the sort of removed the basket from the head. And I was like, I kind of expected something else. I don't know what I was expecting. Patrick Stewart. That's why I expected. Pa- Patrick Stewart. <laughs> I'm always d- going to expect Patrick Stewart. Uh, you're always expecting Patrick Stewart. <laughs> but it was like the basket came off the head and it's a guy sitting there and I'm going, 
okay, just put the basket back on. I, yeah. I, I'm, yeah. my, I intrigue, happens to my intrigue. My intrigue. My intrigue at all. Yeah, just, my just intrigue is like completely a gone. normal hat. He just said, "Do you know what? Trilby, no baseball cap. I just don't <laughs> like him. Give me a basket." Yeah, when it turned sort of inverse Charles Xavier, I was like, "Nah, put it back on." So, sort, of, sort of inverse Ur Willy sitting there with a basket <laughs> on his head rather than sitting on the basket. You know, it's just. It's just a bit, yeah. And, what uh, a reference uh, for our American listeners. Yeah, yeah. Hello, American <laughs> or, listeners. Or Enjoy. Brazilian listeners or wherever else in the world that is in Scotland. <laughs> <laughs> On what other podcast talking about Legion are you going to get a reference to Ur Willy? I'm just going to put that out there now. The, ch- the gauntlet is laid down. Um, but yeah, I, I just kind of looked and went, oh, okay. Well, I was kind of expecting some massive reveal, but. I suppose this will do. It's just a guy with a wicker basket on his head. It's one of these things that they've thrown in to go, why not? Singing mouse, guy with basket on the head. Why, you know, that he can view CCTV footage from the androids on the inside. Sure. Fair dues. Makes about as much sense as anything else. and, And we find out he doesn't sleep with the basket on his head. So, cool. It's good to know. You know, it's like we, we, we learn these these little things through the episode. Um, my other bit about this episode, my disappointment that we don't get to see the robot dance. We know the robots are dancing, but every time he turns around, the robots stop dancing in the corner. And that really disappoints annoying. me. There is a robot dance going on that we didn't get to see, and I demand that it is reinstated it's like, it's, in its proper place. It's like Drax with Groot, but at least we got to see that. <laughs> yes. Mm. It's I I feel so, cheated yeah. out of the dance moves. So few dances this season. I bet, I'm telling you, the last three episodes better make up for this. I want an entire episode where they do nothing but dance. Yeah, yeah it'll be. I think Farouk will be defeated for a dance off to save a sort of astral plane or whatever it is that they, they go into. Yeah, uh, I did like a few things about this episode, or maybe one thing a few times. I don't know. Um, the I like the whole fact that. Sid is jealous of herself and she wants to establish some ground rules with David about how she's supposed to behave he's supposed to behave around her future self he asks her bloody pronouns she asks him if he's intimate with her future self and he's like well kind of (laughs) and um, I, I quite like that idea and just you know what happens when you meet a future version of someone you're in a relationship with is it cheating to to you know, to be physical with that future version, or is it not? Are they the same person? I mean, I guess the idea, since we're trying to change the past, this version of Sid will become something completely different. I suppose it was interesting that um, the the thing that creeped out Sid so much was something so normal, given that the things that are creeping us out when we're watching it are the chattering teeth people, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard that in a while, actually. I I think they're they're cured, aren't they? The chattering teeth people. Then they all wake up. But, you know, the the body alteration gun. You know, these are the things that really freak me out when I'm watching Legion. The idea that actually there's another version of you potentially just having a normal chat with your boyfriend. I mean, I I admit that should be, uh, you know, reasonably upsetting on a normal frame of existence, but we don't have that here. No. No, I, ju- I just quite like the idea. I don't know, it, it kind of resonated with me slightly. I mean, time travel shenanigans entertain me in, in some ways. And you do have the weird thoughts like that, you know, when it comes to, to time travel. Because it's, yeah, you've got two versions of the same person, but where is your 
fidelity with and and the whole ground rules conversation was was interesting i had a little chuckle at the fact that she was saying to david oh do do you want to talk about it and how you're feeling when what we are hearing is david's internal narration where he's talking about it to himself yeah. <laughs> which i thought was quite funny made me give me gave me a little chuckle i do wonder if it if it didn't whereas it was a good human thing that makes a lot of sense i do wonder if it didn't hurt itself slightly though by again being another thing in the episode which made everything normal again removing the creeping you out thing so it, it it sort of stole from the theme even though it was actually a good idea did it did it take too much away from what the rest of this season had been building up to or just help it not do it by itself but be, but be another another straw on that camel's back just one too many I think it's just dealing with the elephant in the room, though, because what you've got is David who's confronted with two versions of a woman he is in a relationship with. And I get, you know, Sid from the future wants to be wants to be close to him because she knows she misses this version of him and kind of wants to stop him becoming what it is he becomes that I presume we'll see some version of by the end of the season. Uh, And then you've got David struggling with, with the idea of he's got two of this same person and what does he do about it it's, you know it's it's something that needed to be addressed I think but to believe that we have nothing else about this episode this episode <laughs> um, da, da, da. Uh, well this was the episode that it's revealed that David causes the end of the world in the particular future Sid's universe I'm still convinced it's not actually the the sort of universe that our David's in but yeah we, well we kind of suspected that he would be the cause of that anyway there was a suspicion of that, but this yeah. is the first time that it's properly um, properly vocalised by a character. We also get um, Farouk building his car smoke transport me into the future via this within my mind palace machine, which I just thought was very, <laughs> very legion in its construction. <laughs> but, um, yeah... Um, I think that was it from this one. Oh, and we we get the up uploading. Ptolemy has been uploaded into the the network into the mainframe, whatever the the mainframe is inside the trees, which aren't inside the trees, which is somewhere else. Yeah, that was a bit strange. That's all. Yeah. Anything else from this episode, Aaron? For you, or have you said your piece? No, I think I think the stuff that we. If stuff like the mainframe and so on that will come up in later episodes it's just being teased now so we've, we've covered the, the big stuff for this one yes in that case I think we should wrap this up um, because we've demonstrated a partial knowledge of, of what the show is trying to do and we've discussed it to some degree so I think we should close off and, and go about our separate ways and and do things that, that make sense to us, I don't know it's just mind mind games, all these mind games um, so Aaron, do you have any kind of final thoughts on what you're thinking of the season as a whole and the episodes that you've watched You know, the, the recent, I mean you weren't there for the other three that we talked about so I don't know maybe just a quick summary of how you think the season's going I think I'm very intrigued that Legion has done what 
I think I asked it of it in, in, in the first episode that we discussed. Like the other series... Oh, no, I'm getting confused now. Maybe I asked of it from, from Black Lightning now, and I'm all getting mixed up. But <laughs> somewhere along the line, I've said that it's, it's possibly a good idea if the shows double down on what they are to, to, to make themselves stand out. Like like Legends of Tomorrow did, it doubled down on its crazy, and it, and it really worked. People bought into that because that's what they came to see. So I'm, I'm actually happy to see that season two has doubled down on its sort of weirdness. That's the angle they've taken from season one, and they've made it more so. I think if they hadn't have done that, then because the second thing being harder than the first principle always applies, then even if they'd have stayed at the same level of crazy, we would have been used to it. And so we wouldn't have necessarily got as much out of of season two as, as as we did of season one because it would have just been more of the same so they it, it, it's a difficult thing to do a, a sequel so they've they've taken the crazy and they've gone up a gear and I, so I think that's the right thing to do I'm enjoying it I think episodes like episode six show that there is there's still story to be told by 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 using the crazy and the fact that episode six is the only one that's been like that, all the others have been slightly different, means that they've still got room to explore different themes. Like you, you've had that, the dance battle, then you've gone into the, into the the big mind palace war that they had. So they're exploring different angles of doing the superhero fights. So we're not seeing too many just boring same old same old. It it, it feels like they're still newness to this they've still got places to go they've still got things to show us they've still got things we haven't considered so i am i'm definitely on board with this show it's 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 one of the few shows i'm actually watching when it comes out rather than just saying i'll get round to it um they did have a kind of a weird little blip for me with with episode four where they suddenly said and this thing this time we're going to explore doing it the normal way like we like everybody else is doing it which i felt like was a bit of a a weird sidestep back so like you, you didn't need to explore what everybody else is exploring you know that's that that's kind of not what you're doing here so i i, I kind of don't understand episode 4 but all the other ones especially 6 um have have, have, have impressed me I'm, I'm 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 totally on board with this this is probably my my favorite show at the moment Chris, final wrap-up thoughts on... Aaron's kind of summed it up really, really well for me, but yeah, I'm I'm still continuing to enjoy this. I still like sitting there and having completely no idea what's going on. I enjoy sort of dissecting it and theorising, and, you know, like I was saying at the top about Westworld, it's like very similar. They sort of... They, the writers and directors sort of play about with you so much in the show, throwing just random stuff in there to throw you off the scent. Um, but yeah, I, a program that's got sort of multiple universes, singing mice, body swapping, um, dance offs, and uh, yeah, what what more could you ask for in a program, really? My thinking is, and I, I mentioned this to you offline, obviously, Aaron. The, um, well, not obviously to anybody listening, but uh, they weren't there unless they were. 
who knows? But anyway, yeah. Uh, I mentioned that I wasn't enjoying this season as much as... Um, maybe not enjoy is the wrong word. I wasn't getting as much out of this season as I was the first season. I thought the first season was really good and I still do. And the thing is, through this podcast, I've come to realise that I maybe need these discussions about Legion in order to in order to contextualise my thoughts on it. Because I was watching the episodes and I was like, well, that was pretty good and I've got some thoughts on it. But the the discussion afterwards seems to enhance my enjoyment of the show. So I wonder, I wonder if I'd be sticking with it if we weren't, if we hadn't made this commitment to come and talk about it. Because maybe it is a show that you need to talk about. Or certainly that I need to talk about. I can't speak for anyone else. But I think it's one of the few shows that you actually are led to talk about it. You're invited to talk about it afterwards by the show. Every, almost every other show, there seems to be this idea that somebody's, somebody's taken the phrase, it's okay just to like something. It's okay for something just to be fun. It's like, yeah, I totally get that. But it's also okay for something to be a bit more than that if you want. You know, and I think this is it's good. This is, this is a show that invites you to chat. So it, it's pleasing that we are getting together and we are giving it this this uh, this 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 discussion. And um, if if that's actually also enhancing your enjoyment, maybe maybe that's actually what they kind of wanted. I don't know. I've no idea, but maybe it is. Yeah. Um. I don't know. I do like the show. I think it's interesting, and discussing it certainly makes it more interesting as well. Um, I don't know. Uh, we still don't know if there's a season three yet, so I wonder. I mean, I wonder what the season's building to. Whether there's plans for a fifth, you know, you know, some showrunners they say we have plans for five seasons, and it quickly becomes clear that they actually didn't. You know, they they knew how to pad things out until until whatever. But um, yeah. I, I do I do worry that they throw stuff in without having a payoff. You like to think that they've got a plan for absolutely everything that they're putting on screen. There's there's as much thought going into what's going on screen as the much as the amount of thought that is going in once it's watched. Yeah. But I think sometimes accidentally they lead you down the wrong path at looking at analysing at stuff that they maybe didn't intend to. Uh, have analysed and then in other cases they, they sort of run out of things to do with it like, like we've, we've run this as far as we can we don't have anything else to do apart from say yeah, yeah it's a guy with a, with a wicker basket on his head there's no grand reveal to this you know though I, I although I wait to be proven wrong when you know all of this all ties up in a neat bow yeah also I've just found out something that's reasonably distressing but it's not that distressing uh Turns out, because I was looking for renewal on season three, see if I'd missed the news mm-hmm. while, while Aaron was talking. I was still listening, but I was looking for it as well. Uh, Charlie. No news, on, <laughs> no news on that. However, season this season is getting an extra episode that we didn't know about. Oh. Uh, that, was, that news came out on like the 2nd of May or something. So chapter 19, episode 11, is airing on June 12th. That makes me nervous. If somebody comes along and says put another episode on can they do that you know if you've got a plot and you're thinking about it so heavily and you're making it all nice and balanced throughout 10 episodes and then some genius comes along and says you need to you need a you need an 11th one you, you can't 
it's necessarily easily magic up the plot for another episode. Or it, or it could be that they've asked for it on the on to try and do an overly positive slant on it, which isn't normally my uh, sphere of influence on so. this podcast. Is them going? Do you know what we really need? Actually, is we need an extra one here so that we don't cram, you know, reveals into every other episode up until now. It's going to become too much of a run where we'd like room to breathe. Well, I hope it's that. I really do. Yeah, that, could, could, that extra episode could be the dance-off episode, you know. Could be. Awesome. There is another theory that it's not getting renewed, and this is to wrap it up for cancellation. Ooh. I don't know, but it's getting good ratings, but Fox are crazy. So, uh, I don't know. But there's an 11th episode that we didn't know about. There we go. So that's that. Um, unless there's anything else that people want to say, I will thank Chris for coming on. Thank you. And Aaron, thank you for coming on. Thank you. Even though you betrayed me. Pleasure. The code word will be said on a future podcast. And then shall rise. That was our discussion on Legion Season 2, Episodes 5, 6 and 7, also known as Chapters 13, 14 and 15. Big thanks to YouTuber 331ERock for the supplied music. If you liked what you heard, then please do subscribe on iTunes, YouTube or any major podcasting app iTunes users, if you could supply a star rating on the podcast, that would be very much appreciated. And we're looking for feedback on our new Neil Before Rise Against feature. So please do get in touch with us about that through Neil Before Blog on Facebook or Twitter, or leaving a comment under the article on neilbeforeblog.co.uk. We hope that you'll join us next time on Neil Before Pod. <laughs>